Welcome to the More Podcast with Ava and Najee, where we are manifesting original rich bitch experiences. Each week, we bring you travel reviews, wellness advice, and millennial musings with a level of refinement. What level? It fucking depends. Hey, Najee, (laughs) how are you? I'm good, Ava. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling super good. I feel like Mercury Retrograde has moved on. It's a new month. We've got some October fresh vibes, and I'm bound and determined to make it a good month. Listen, I need some of that determination as well, because it's like, I feel like we're still dragging a little bit from the retrograde, everything that happened in September, but I'm choosing to remain positive and manifest all the good things that will happen in this fourth quarter of 2022. That's right. It is the fourth quarter of the year for all who celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So we have Halloween coming, we have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, but today... I'm very excited to be here with you having a very fun conversation. Me too. And you know, I love our weekly chats Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm always excited, but I'm a little bit Mm -hmm. extra excited today because we have a special guest joining us. Yay. So today we are going to be speaking with KJ Atlas. KJ is an astrologer a writer and an artist, and she really does so many cool things. Uh, She approaches astrology with a background in science, psychology, and health, which I love. On top of that, she's also a seasoned digital nomad and travel enthusiast, and that has led her to become an expert in locational astrology, which is what we're going to be talking about today. It's Mm -hmm. so cool. And if that wasn't enough, she also has the gift of synesthesia. So not only does she read your astrology chart, but she also feels your chart and energy as a variety of colors, which she then turns into custom aura art. Like I have this art. It's so cool. It's on, it's like my screensaver. I just had it printed. It's on my wall in my home. And I just love how creative she is. I really love her approach to astrology and specifically the locational astrology, which we're going to talk about today. And like, Mm -hmm. I just can't wait. Yay. This is going to be absolutely amazing and definitely mind blowing. I've never heard of locational astrology, so I'm ready to dig into it. Hell yeah. Let's go. KJ Atlas, welcome to the More Pod. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I listen to your show all the time. Oh my God, we're so excited to have you. We love that. We really love that. KJ, I would love for you to give us the background in how you got into astrology and all of the cool things that you're doing right now. I guess you could say I was always a weirdo, (laughs) but I guess... um, I've always been sensitive, sensitive to patterns, sensitive to energy, and just aware of things around me and didn't really have a language for it. And then when I discovered astrology, it gave me a language for all of these things that I was experiencing, feeling, and 
sensing on a daily basis. So I have synesthesia, which means that your senses become cross-wired in your brain involuntarily. So I was always like smelling colors and, you know, tasting colors, all the above. And it actually turns out that everything is really connected. Everything really is connected. So it's kind of like how bees have this um, Mm. UV ability to see things. It's kind of just like an extra sense that is, um, don't really know why, why it's there. It just happens involuntarily. And I think it always gave me a greater awareness and sensitivity. And if you're a kid, sensitivity is a really challenging thing. You kind of have to grow into it. And Mm-hmm. I think astrology gives us a language to understand the patterns in other people, the patterns in nature, and everything around us, and it gives meaning to things that feel very sensitive. Yeah, that's really cool. And I even just dabbling in astrology over the past couple of years, I do kind of feel it's just like a nice, it helps, like it makes things make sense. And I think that can be so comforting. Um, And I'm so also interested to know, because you have a background in psychology and health. um, So like, what was your point when you're like, oh, like, I want to do astrology for a living? Like, how did that come to be? I actually think it was the opposite, because I was an artist and a theater kid and a dancer as a child. And I was also a mystic, just like baking and making potions and playing with herbs and didn't really realize that collecting rocks and like working in my grandma's garden was really witchy. (laughs) In fact, it is. Um, And then I really wanted to make sense of the mind and the human body in a way that people accepted. And so I fit myself into nutrition programs and psychology programs and all these other things because I do value education and intellect. And when I went through those programs, I realized there was a lot of gaps, a lot of things missing, and it really left me kind of disheartened. So I got the education and I think it made everything much more well-rounded and I'm grateful for that. But I think automatically out the gate as a child, I was always connected to nature and mysticism much more than science that just kind of became a result of society. But I'm grateful for that. Mm. Like, I feel like, and Najee, you and I have had these conversations too. It's about like, a lot of what we do in our adulthood is actually coming back to like who we really are, like looking back to childhood to say like, what are these things that, you know, I used to love or like, what was I naturally drawn to? And then you kind of go through like, okay, now I need to be an adult and go to school and have this like 3D conditioning. But then it's like after Mm -hmm. that, it's kind of getting back to, you know, who you're meant to be. And so KJ, like I love hearing just that journey of you're like, actually, it was the opposite. Like it's the other way around. And then I did the (laughs) contortion for a little bit, which again, like you're just always collecting tools. It helps you. But then now you're just really back to like living your true design, which is so cool. Yeah, it really it's is like refinding yourself. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. And KJ, you do so many awesome things. Today, we're going to focus on locational astrology, which <laughs> is what I initially, how I initially met you. Um, you've done a locational astrology reading for me. I was like, 
like mind blown, literally proceeded to tell all of my friends, all my clients about you. And I'm like, you have to see KJ. Like you have to, <laughs> you have to have a locational astrology reading. So I'm so excited for you to share this really cool information, this language with us on the pod. So let's just start off with what is locational astrology? I love that. And I love that you've sent so many amazing people my way. I have this little clan of people from Minnesota that all comes through Ava. So thank you. It's been amazing. Yep. Um, vocational <laughs> astrology is the third piece that's often forgotten about astrology when you calculate a birth chart. So you pull the birthday, the birth time, and then the location is kind of like an after the fact for most people. But it actually has such a strong effect on the initial outcome of the birth chart. So if you were born, say, okay, Najee, you're born in Washington, D.C. Had you been born in Tokyo, Japan, you would have a completely different birth chart, even if you were born at the exact same time of day because of time zone differences and geography and what time the sun is rising and setting throughout the day. And locational astrology is the idea that mm -hmm. even though you already have a birth chart, that is the moment that you were born in the place that you were born, when you travel the world, you can tap into all of these different possibilities of who you might have been. That's really fascinating. I think another thing that we can do to use it is... When we go to a place, we can see differences in our chart start to activate. I think of the planets in our chart as little buttons that get pushed. And if you go to a place where the Uranus button is pushed really hard, it's already in your chart and it's there. It's a part of you, but you're going to feel it more. So you're going to have a Uranian style experience, which might be kind of wild and crazy and strange and eccentric. Um... If you go to a place where the Venus button is pushed, then you're going to have a very blissful, romantic kind of experience. And they're all your own experiences based on your chart. It's different versions of you, but they're accentuated parts of you. That's really cool. So within all of the buttons you could press, are there certain buttons or certain lines in locational astrology that are maybe a good starting place, kind of like the way we look at our big three in terms of like where to even begin and kind of like understanding it? Or is it really something that you have to look at all of those buttons in one location? While I do think it's really important to look at all the buttons and look at all the possibility of buttons in your chart and how they interact, there's a few lines as we call them there's lines on a map that represent the buttons in your chart and you can go to astro.com and you can pull this up anyone can access it and i would say a good a, a good rule of thumb for nearly anyone is your sun line you know you, you want to be more of yourself you want to develop more of your identity mm -hmm. um a moon line a lot of the time is going to feel good of course you need to think about your own chart and the aspects that the moon is making and then another one that's usually usually pretty good is is Venus. That's that's those those are three to three good starting places I would say. Okay, awesome. I love that. One question I have is, 
would it be smart if you're looking at your chart, maybe for the first or second time to come up with a goal in mind? I want to have this kind of experience. I want to fall in love. I want to grow my business and then guide your reading or maybe your um, analysis of the chart that way based on a specific goal? Oh, 100%. I do think it helps a lot to have a goal in mind because it's difficult to find one place that culturally crosses off all your boxes and logistically crosses off all your boxes that also allows you to fall Mm -hmm. in love, feel at home, develop an amazing career, make a ton of money. It can exist, but I will say it's challenging. So if you can say, you know, I really want to find a metropolitan city that allows me to excel in my career, it's a great place to start. Najee, do you have a request? Like, what would you go for first? Because I feel like, so KJ, I came to you for a reading because I was interested in traveling and I already had like a couple of kind of cities in mind, but I guess I wasn't so focused on like, would it be good for career, good for love? Like I was just more drawn to like the cities first. And that was kind of my first approach in, in terms of like understanding what my experience would be like there. But I feel like, Najee, do you have something brewing where you had a specific like, hmm, where would it be the best place for me to X, Y, Z? Um, I think next year, one of my really big focuses is continuing my journey towards being my most authentic self and really connecting with people whose energies and values align with mine. So in that sense, if I'm really looking forward to like, just stepping more into my power and being my most authentic and best self, maybe that sunline would be very, very important to kind of look on. This is just what I'm thinking based on some of the readings I've done. But also maybe since Mercury typically tends to be that planet of communication, and I'm really looking forward towards using my voice and connecting with people on that level, maybe that might be another line to look along. Again, I'm just making all this stuff up. So, KJ, please feel free to confirm or deny everything that I'm making up. Um, I love the track that you're just on. Being most most authentic self is something I'm looking forward to. I love it, and I can tell you already know a lot. Okay, I would say your sun line is going to be a good place, and your Mercury line because your sun is ruled by Mercury as a triple Virgo. Mercury is going to be good for you. You're going to be able to tap into Mm -hmm. all of your Virgo tendencies of being quick in the mind, an eloquent speaker, uh, reaching a lot of people. If you want to write, if you want to create, all of those things are the Mercury space. Your Venus is there too. So creative work can fall Mm -hmm. into that category. I also just want to throw this possibility in there. Um, Actually two, but a Uranus line could be a really good option for you if you want to go make a change and a pivot and do something that's a complete 180 from what you're doing because Uranus incites change. And it also is in close contact with your sun. And one other thing, if you want to become more of a public figure or well-known even in your industry, a Jupiter line for you would be fantastic because you have Jupiter in Leo and it's on your midheaven. So going somewhere where that's enhanced is going to help you be more seen in the public eye. Interesting. I love how we're just like getting right into the reading. (laughs) 
<laughs> so for the for the girlies who maybe have gone on astro.com they've typed in their birth chart information and they've chosen to look at the locational map what it spits out is essentially the globe with a shit ton of lines on it and it can be a very overwhelming visual Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is a starting point, and KJ, this is where you help people understand what the hell it means. <laughs> yeah, it looks sexy, and everyone's like, "Ooh, what's the pink and what's the green?" But it's also super overwhelming, and I'm like, just don't read into it too much right now. People will be like, "What's that line? What's that big circle right there over that place?" I went there, and I felt this type of way. I'm like, it's okay. We're gonna get there. It's all right, and. Let's just start with some places of interest and a goal in mind, and we will distill it without getting distracted by the pretty colors like squirrel. Totally. And you do that so well, and it's so fascinating. And one of the things that I just felt, you know, from you, KJ, in our reading is it's like, not only did you give me like a really cool idea of like what my experience could be like in specific cities or countries, but I felt just really seen. Like I felt like we had known each other for a really long time. And so, you know, your, 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 your gifts in really interpreting and adding context to all of this is what I find so valuable. And it's something that it's really an experience that I think everyone should have because it's just so fascinating. Um, Obviously as someone who has been nomadic, who has a love of travel Um, I know that you've probably personally used locational astrology to make a lot of your decisions. I'd be Mm -hmm. so curious to hear maybe one or two examples of, you know, uh, somewhere you chose to go based on your locational astrology and what kind of experience it generated for you. Yeah, I've definitely used this personally and There's a reason why I really gravitated to this over other aspects of astrology because I grew up on a Saturn line in the rural South and those two combined was not cutting it for me. A Saturn line can be a very difficult place to live long-term, especially if it's not doing well in your chart like mine. I wanted something that was going to help me grow and blossom. And so one of the first places that I moved away from that line was Dallas, Texas. And that was a sun line for me. And I really grew into a completely different person. I developed my own sense of identity. And it was actually in my house of relationships. And I met my partner who I've been with for five years. So that's the first example. I was like, okay, this stuff really tracks. This is like the proof is in the pudding. And then ever, ever since, like I went to my sunline in Puerto Vallarta. That was my favorite place in Mexico. And I've lived in 10 different cities in Mexico. That was my favorite place because of that line. And now in LA, I live on my Mars line. And it's definitely about productivity and hustle and just that hot, passionate Mars creative energy, which is a really nice change from what I've been living in. That is so fascinating. Mm. And I feel like I saw an Instagram 
when you're looking for somewhere to live in LA, you're even down to like the blocks in the neighborhood in terms of like what could be good aspects for you. Is that right? Yes, because one time I ignored this factor when I was living in Portland and I was like, well, these are just micro lines. Like this is, this is small scale. It won't be that bad. And it was a micro Saturn line in this one particular neighborhood. And I had Saturnian issues with the landlord. I had issues with everything in the apartment breaking, despite it being a brand new apartment. It was so strange. And I was out of there in six months. I was like, not staying here. And then on the other side of Portland, I actually stayed in a place for two years and loved it because it was a better local line. So we can get super macro with this and super micro. You can even put it over your house to help you design your rooms, if you have the luxury of doing that. Most of us millennials live in small apartments, so. (laughs) Wow, so interesting. Okay, so you come up with a goal in mind. You look at your chart to find out where in the world might help you achieve this goal based on the energies going through those particular areas based on your chart. And then you can even get as micro as looking at the city or a neighborhood and just trying to figure out exactly what would work best for that goal based on the chart in that area. Wow. That's amazing. You're having the mind blow moment. Book you to read all of this? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm very intrigued. Oh my gosh. I will never not move to a place and not check this out. So, one of the things you mentioned is having that negative experience in specific areas or even with a specific home. Are there like just high level red flag, you know, in the opposite way of like, okay, it's good to start by maybe looking at like your sun line, your moon line, (laughs) um, your, your Venus line in the other way. Are there like red flag lines that are like anyone like me could identify like, Oh, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) in general, from what I've seen, And there's going to be some opinions on this. I would say Pluto lines have proven themselves time and time again to be challenging for most people that I've worked with. Most people who are having a depressive crisis or I feel really stuck in this place. I don't know why I'm having like Eeyore syndrome. What's going on? Honey, that's a Pluto line. (laughs) You're probably going to feel a lot better if you go a few cities in another direction. Uh, Saturn is also that way. I think Saturn can teach you some hard lessons that you need to know. It can make you grow up. So there's use in these. There's use in the negative lines. I think Saturn is great if you're going into an intense program of study and you need to be very disciplined and focused. And that's like your one thing that you're working on. You're going to law school, going on a Saturn line is probably Mm going to be what you need. If you go to a Jupiter line for law school, you might 
party instead of study, you know? Um, these are just some arbitrary examples of how it, this might show up. So there are uses for the negative lines, but in general, if someone wants to move somewhere, a Saturn line or a Pluto line is going to be more challenging. Even a Chiron line, it looks like a little key on the map and it's the wounded healer. I usually only recommend this for people who actually want to go into healing kind of careers, counseling, spiritual healing, maybe even doctors, uh, but it can be kind of tender. So one question I have is for those that might not have the resources or the ability to get up and move to a more positive line, and they might find themselves on a negative line for a little longer than they'd like, is there a way to balance out some of those energies by looking more holistically, I guess, at the actual area. And even though they're on a Pluto line, maybe in a specific neighborhood, they might be on a Venus line and it'll oh, balance 100%. out that energy. Is that possible? Absolutely. Oh, love that. So you can move neighborhoods, so but even if hope. you want to stay in the same house that you've been in for years and you don't have the ability to move across town, there's what I call astrological remedy, and you can do things to balance out the negative energy. So Mars is one of those planets that can be inflammatory and aggressive and hot. So living on a Mars line for me, I've brought in more warm colors into my life where previously I've been a neutral gal. So reds, I've red nails, reds, oranges, um, having big cactuses in my house. It's very prickly and aggressive plants. So like doing these things allows that thing to sort of take up space and have its its way without dictating my life and chopping my finger off in the kitchen. Uh, if you go to a Pluto line or if you live on a Pluto line, mm. I'll say, bring the energy of death and rebirth into your home. Like the other day, I recommended someone get taxidermied butterflies and hang them in their house. It's the energy of you know, the, the, the cocoon and the rebirth or um, living next to a cemetery or adding things that are a little bit spooky into your house. That's Pluto energy. So you can allow it to come in without dictating your life, if that makes sense. Awesome. So there are ways around some of those negative energies. All it takes is balance. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to be somewhere Perfect. and you don't have the ability. You're like, I have a job in this place and I have to stay here and I have to stay in this house. You can work with it. And that's something too that I think, you know, after we got together, you gave me a lot of tools, KJ, in terms of like, okay, if you're like, let's use the example. We can use the example of um, me traveling to London just for very specific demonstrative purposes. But oh yeah, I want to know as how an Aquarius works. sun and a Taurus rising, Taurus moon. It was like you had kind of primed me for like as an Aquarius sun, like the whole like nomadic travel lifestyle is like hell yes, like sign me up yesterday. But then I have the Taurus really kind of like balancing that out when it's like no, I want something consistent. I want you know stability. I want comfort. And so I feel like that was really helpful for me to know going into it because, for example, you're like, well, tools that you can bring with you or like little tips and tricks that I could do is like travel with a pillowcase 
And it doesn't matter where you're sleeping or what pillow or what hotel or what Airbnb it is. Like I had the same pillowcase (laughs) and that really comforted like my Taurus consistencies, you know? So it was like really fascinating to have those little tools as well to help navigate. Um, But I think, so for me, and I don't want to put you on the spot with like remembering that specific reading KJ, but for me, London fell on my, um, self node line. Right. And so the self node line, like you shared with me is all about sort of faded connections, destiny, business, partnership, friends, just like, it was like going to be a good vibe. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And past lives. (laughs) And I will say I didn't, I didn't get a past life regression. I was there. I just didn't meet any um the right person to show up and do it but I did feel like I had been there before in a strange way that's really cool and I think that's just one of those things where it's like you kind of just have to be like yeah you know based on the influences based on the energy like it's really possible but that was the case um I think you also shared with me it'd be like a good place for work not too over busy but I would be working and Mm -hmm. so while I was there, Najee and I were running the podcast, which oh, was fun. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the, yeah. And then at the end of my time in London, I called in two consulting contract leads. So I'm like, okay, the work is oh, coming. That's awesome. This tracks. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was just really nice, but it was my first experience having that information, like obviously I've traveled and made choices based on just where I feel pulled to go, but I just found it so fascinating and really kind of comforting to have like that additional knowledge of you're probably going to have a nice experience here and how's here's also some tools to help you acclimate based on what you might be experiencing. Yeah. I remember doing that and I'm really glad that you had that experience. You have the South Node line there and you also have, um, a minor Jupiter line and a minor Mars line, and both of them support your career. So that's why you had sort of this familiar experience, but also some pretty significant career wins. So you could go back there and experience the same thing, but different depending on the timing. And how much does, because I know one of the things that you also pull through in a reading like this is timing. So KJ, you had mentioned to me, like, you know, in 2014, I was in Germany and like, I really wasn't vibing with it. And I had asked you about it and you said, you know, there's also just the timing aspect. So I could go back now in 2022 and probably have a different experience. Can you speak to like how that comes in, in terms of just like the literal timing of the present? Yeah. So transits, which is you know, the planets just bopping around in the sky like they do all day, every day, go and push those same buttons that locations do. So Mercury retrograde pushes a button for everyone that stalls and lags our technology. Um, Depending on the sign that it's in, this last time it was in Libra and Virgo, it's going to push more buttons for people who have Libra and Virgo placements. Sorry, Najee. <laughs> There's um, 
always stuff happening above. And depending on if you're having a tough transit, if you're having a Saturn return, which happens for everyone at 29, I would say don't go to a Saturn line. Go somewhere that's going to balance that out. But if you're in your mid-30s and you're like, I want to go back to med school or law school or whatever, and I want to get a degree, go to my Saturn line, it's not going to be as negative or as intense as it would have been when you were 29. So that's how timing influences things. It just pushes more buttons. Okay. Well, no wonder this past September was so tumultuous for me. Thank you for adding light to that, KJ, because it was crazy. I'm glad I could validate your struggles. Especially on... Yeah, especially as like Virgo, Libra, cuspy kind of person. I'm just like, wow, this was very tough. (laughs) And now next time Mercury retrograde is in Virgo, I'm going to hide under a rock. (laughs) (laughs) You have some time, which is good. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Can't do that again. (laughs) Mars retrograde is coming for us Gemini's next. So you guys get a break. Thank God. Oh, good. Good. So KJ, one of the other things that I'm always super fascinated by is like, obviously, like we, we are individuals, but we also work with and coexist with live with other people. One of the cool things that you can also do with the locational astrology is combine people's charts and look at places that would be favorable for like two people. Um, so I'd love to hear about maybe an example of like how you kind of take your and your partner's astrology into consideration when you're making those joint choices. And then I know we're going to get into Najee and I's chart to see where we should do a travel pod episode, which I'm super excited about too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to consider when you're looking at two people. Uh, when I was looking at yours, you definitely, uh, gave me a run for my money. It was, it was challenging because sometimes it just fits together and you're like, okay, like here's how these two people can have very positive experiences in this one place. And while you guys have really compatible charts as friends, the maps were just like serving me. And sometimes it's like that where it's like, oh, you're having some really good lines in the middle of the Indian ocean. And Then we go over here to like beautiful Italy and it's like, well, that's really challenging for one person. So trying to figure out what are the best things to enhance in both person's charts, like especially if it's a couple and it's like, okay, we both want to enhance our careers. What are some ways that I can somehow pull out things in their charts that enhance their careers, plop it on a map and find a place that is not in the middle of the ocean or in the middle of, um, you know, an unsafe place to go or an untravelable place to go that you can both be happy in. So it's kind of like a puzzle. It's a reverse puzzle. And once I figure it out, it feels really satisfying. And I did find a few places. I actually found three places of varying um, distances and types of places where I think the two of you could go and record this special episode. Ooh. So excited. Okay, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So I chose one that's in the US, and then I chose one that's in Europe, 
And then I wanted to find something somewhere tropical and I managed to do all three. So which one do you want to hear first? Oh, wow. Let's start with the U.S. Let's go in order. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would love to see a tour de Cali. So Ava, you have a fabulous Jupiter line in SoCal, LA, San Diego. This is great for all things expansion, mind expansion. You feel at home. You can really make a solid community here if you decide to move to LA or surrounding. Um, it even goes through like Palm Springs, Joshua Tree. So that could be really fun. So Najee has a sun line that goes all the way on the West Coast, um, fr primarily from like a little bit west of LA. So like the beach all the way up through the West Coast. So this would be cool to do like a mini road trip and go all the way up the Pacific Coast Highway mm. and like into wine country. That seems very, you know, rich bitch travel experience on brand. So that could be a really Hell fun yeah. summer, spring trip. Further validating your desire to move to California. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Najee, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. Because um, I just remember the first time I've ever gone to – LA or California in that area, I just felt like, it just felt like me. It felt like me and I've never been able to shake that feeling. So that definitely validates how it's going. Honestly, we're all just going to end up at KJ's house, like <laughs> having a big old podcast party, astrology party, human design party. Kelsey's going to join us. <laughs> it's going to be a vibe. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm starting a cult where we, I convince you that it's worth the exorbitant amount of money to live here because it really is. The weather is so <laughs> underrated. Everything is so amazing. It's the, um, I moved from the Midwest and the South to California cult and I'm recruiting you. Yes. Count me in. Sign me up. <laughs> yes. Okay. Do you want to see Latin America or somewhere tropical or Europe next? Let's go tropical. We're going to ride off the LA vibes. Okay. I'm thinking Panama. <gasps> Ooh. Okay. So Ava, I've you have been. a minor Neptune trine ascendant line. So it's not one of the really stark lines. Um, if you were to go to astro.com, you would click like see more details. But anytime we have a planetary, a planetary line that's in harmony with one of the angles, it's serving as something nice. And Neptune lines are fabulous for vacation. You just feel kind of blissful and airy and um, creative, spiritual. I love all those things. And then Najee, you have mm -hmm. a Jupiter midheaven line here. So even though you might be on your laptop, you might be launching something pretty big from your computer by the beach, or you might be signing a contract for some type of entrepreneurial work, if that interests you. It could be a place to make a big career move, even if mm. it doesn't seem intuitive for such. Oh. I love okay. working by the beach. <laughs> yeah. That's Ava, with your Neptune line here, you'll be like, I'll bring more cocktails 
And he's like, I'm just securing deals all day long. <laughs> Killing it. He can, Najee will be like securing our, our um, ad sponsors for the podcast. And then I'll just be supplying his, um, his, his gin cocktails to keep him mm. energized and motivated. 100%. <laughs> I love that. that. Sounds like my perfect situation. Yeah. I have a Venus line in Panama, so I'll come join. <laughs> Ever been there? No, I haven't. I really wanted to go this past year and then I decided to settle down timing wise, you know? <laughs> okay. The last one in Europe I think you're going to love. Mm-hmm. So, this we one guess? puts... Yeah, I guess. Okay. Somewhere in that Europe. That's a big place. Um, Najee, what's your guess? Um, <laughs> I This is not an educated guess by any means. It's just the first thing that came to mind. Lisbon, Portugal. Ooh, okay. You're going to guess Lisbon. For some reason, I want to say Paris, which sounds like really strange, but that's what's just coming up for me right now. Okay, it's probably because you both individually have good lines there. (laughs) So put a pin in those. Um, As Mm. for what you can work with together to create something, it is neither of those places. But I think you'll like it just as much. (laughs) I'm thinking Northern Italy. So Milan, Lake Como, Parma, where the Parmesan is from. Mm. This like Romeo and Juliet, like lakeside fantasy is going to be really good for both of you. It's on Ava's Moonline. So that can feel kind of dreamy. It can feel kind of um, sensitive. Your moon is in Taurus. So it's really going to be an indulgent kind of place, which makes sense with Italy, but super romantic. You know, Taurus is the sign of romance. Mm -hmm. So your moon in Taurus is going to be super activated. I love this. And then Najee has a Neptune line here. So Ava's minor Neptune line in Panama. This is like this, but only a little bit stronger. So he'll be like, okay, let's, Let's get the wine. Let's chill. Let's go sit by the water and bliss out like King Neptune and Mm. go fall in love and lean over a balcony (laughs) and yell for someone to come find us. So Lake Como, we're each other's wingmen and we're just like (laughs) having, I always associate Lake Como as like a honeymoon spot and I'm like, do I wait for maybe someday like having that experience or do I just like make my own thing? So if Najee and I do it together as podcast partners. <laughs> Go to Milan first and see if you meet any hot people by a cafe in the city and then go do like a restful weekend in Lake Como and maybe go when it's like wedding season and then you go and meet all of the people who are there for the weddings who are single and they just flew to the most romantic city in Italy mm-hmm. and are just waiting for some cute Americans to come through and swoop them up. <laughs> I love that. That's the perfect plot for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a really great story. Like, wow. I love it. 
That one writes itself for sure. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read it and listen to it. So go write it. <laughs> right? I know. I'm sure that's like super fun too to get the feedback when it's like you have a client go out on one of these travel adventures and report back to just like confirm all of the goodness that is inevitably waiting. It is a reward. I love getting the emails from people and they say, this is what happened when I was here. And it was right on track with that energy. And yeah, it's pretty wild. Life is a trip. That's for sure. Thank you so much for pulling these spots for us. I feel like, like Panama, I would have never, ever considered just like, you know, off the top of my head, but that sounds so cool. And also I love the LA road trip idea, like the West coast vibes. And I love the, the story that we just wrote for, for Italy. (laughs) I can't wait to watch it unfold. It's going to be really fun. I have to say one last thing that I noticed when I pulled your charts and your maps. Um, It's not something that I see all the time, but Naji, you have the same aspect that I have in my chart, which made me discover that I had synesthesia because I thought it was just like a normal thing. And I was in astrology school in Portland and someone said, Mm -hmm. oh, if you have Mercury trine Neptune, you might have synesthesia. And I was like, oh, I have that aspect. What's synesthesia? And they're like, oh, you know, like it's this. And that was like an identity crisis moment because I thought everyone experienced that. So you should do some research because there's like a hundred different types of synesthesia. So you should do some research to see if you have any of them and if they need tapping into because... Mine went away for a few years, actually. And then as I started to do more creative stuff, it came back. So Mm. just food for thought. Mm. I'll definitely look into it. I know one of my very close friends has synesthesia. um, And he's super creative. He can draw. He can sing. He could. He does interior design. He does it all. Um, And I'm just like, wow. If synesthesia can give me some type of creative power like that, I will definitely see if I can tap back into it. But I mean, if there's a hundred different types, you just never know. I'll look into it. Yeah. It can even show up as like, you know, you're in like an antique store and you have like flashes of like really intense memories and like, you know, smells can like really incite things inside of you and like lead to inspiration like those are all different types of synesthesia where like your memories and your smells and colors kind of cross wires interesting is there any specific type of like test to learn more about it or diagnose no i don't know because it's not anything that they i don't i to my knowledge it's not anything that's like diagnosed and like they give you medication for even though i'm sure like pharmaceutical companies would love that opportunity if they could mm-hmm. um i don't know google it google around and see if there's a test i'm sure there i'm sure there's something i don't know let me know how this goes i'm curious will do i'll keep you posted definitely definitely keep you posted i'll definitely look into it before i get my reading because you know i'm definitely going to book one with you right after this <laughs> <laughs> sounds good So on the topic, on the topic of synesthesia, 
KJ, you mentioned it a bit in the beginning. We've talked about it a little bit now, but I just love to hear more of the experience of how you experience it and then how you really blend this into the seeing or the feeling or the creation of these auras and this beautiful aura art, which I now have on my wall in my home. That was so cool. I love that you got it printed. I'm working on actually making that part of it now, getting it printed for people and shipped to their house. So that's coming really soon. But I love that you, in Aquarius fashion, were forward thinking and you went ahead and did it yourself, of course. Um, It's kind of a strange thing. When I look at a chart, I start, you know, just scanning it and pulling together the pieces and it starts to come up like on the back of my palette. I'll be like, oh, this has a flavor that feels like gold or it feels like purple. And, you know, those are kind of associated with these types of energies, like, you know, mysterious kind of brooding, intense people are going to have like those dark indigos, those deeply romantic Edgar Allan Poe types. And, you know, if I see stuff in the chart that's like, oh, this person feels kind of like a deep romantic, then I'm going to see those. Or if I'm like, oh, this person is a rebel and kind of forward thinking, um, it's all like kind of clicking into place like a wheel. So when I'm looking at a chart, I'll start to get a feel for it, see what's going on, you know, chew on it a little bit. And then it really starts to develop. I'm like, okay, I'm picking up on this gold feeling or I'm picking up on this you know, darker blue feeling. And it's kind of rooted in color psychology a little bit. Um, You know, like a gold kind of person is probably going to be more outgoing and vibrant. And a dark blue kind of person is going to be more dramatic and creative and emotive. And Mm. though it's kind of like a, a, a sense of a flavor or color on the back of my palette. And then when I've synthesized the chart enough, I'm like, okay, this is like the general message of this person. Like this is what they're here to do. Then it kind of just flows into this array of colors together. Like if you have a lot of Aquarian, Uranian kind of forward thinking energy that usually comes up as like greens and electric blues. And that's a lot of what was in Ava's and you have a ton of Aquarius with your sun and your North node. So we're picking up on all of those things when I'm reading the chart. And then I started to put it into a Photoshop doc because I wanted to see it. And then I would show it to people. And it was actually a really emotional thing for a lot of people. Like most people would say like they cried or they were just kind of like in shock. And I didn't expect that reaction to happen. So I was like, this is a powerful tool and it helps people to tap into the right brain because we're so into the, the left brain in life, you know, we're so into logic, like, what does that mean? Like, give me words to define a meaning. So when I give someone the aura art that I make, I say, you know, process the reading that we just had, take a day off, then I'll send you the aura art and just look at it. You know, don't start reading into it. Just look at it and like, notice what you feel in your body. Like, that's the goal with that is to help people embody their charts and embody that feeling of connectedness to nature, even when you're in a skyscraper in the city, instead of looking for words to define Mm. it intellectually. It's so beautiful. I remember looking at mine and being like, 
I'm gorgeous. <laughs> like it was one of those moments where you're <laughs> like, it's me. Oh my God. <laughs> but it's like, it's really, really cool to see. And it does resonate on like a, like a different level that you don't really have words for. Aww. And it's just like, I love that you've found a way to put that into like, if you know, something that people can literally see, like the way you've been able to translate that for people, I think is so special because how else could you ever try to verbalize that? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I like a couple of years ago, I used to say like, oh, you're a blue. And they'd be like, what? And like, some people would be like, oh, that's funny. Or that's cute. But I'd be like, <laughs> like oh God, you're so orange. And but you can't just say that to people, even when they're your friends, like they think it's kind of funny and like, charming or quirky but then it's just that they're like oh okay but when you put it into a print then you're like okay just go digest this on your own and see what you think then it actually gives something to process yeah <laughs> yeah you're so orange hits different than seeing your beautiful aura art <laughs> <laughs> for sure hmm Okay, so wait, what color am I? I get so many greens from you, but like it's a different shade of green than Ava. So Ava's like a, a softer, like uh, like sea foams, electric kind of sea foams, and you're like a deeper green, like a oh, like forest. And then because you're a Scorpio, so I get like some dark forest, purples like too, olive. mm -hmm. like olives and like dark purples. It's very like. Um, Oh, I think of like, like Marvin Gaye music. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, I love Marvin Gaye. <laughs> you have a Libra moon that's like super <sighs> romantic. So it's, you're, you're both romantic people and like forward thinking intellectual people. It's just different brands. Love that for us. Totally love it. I have olive green pants on right now and I'm sitting in an olive green chair. Yeah, and then you well, have like it's perfect, KJ, that you say like so. forest because mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. it's perfect that you say forest because Najee's favorite scent of candles literally like bonfire. <laughs> yes, woods. Yeah, it's very like woodsy, alpine forest <laughs> trees. <laughs> trees, yes. <laughs> and Ava, you're wearing the pink color that was in your Can't print. Get enough. The rosy pink yeah yeah and i was kind of curious about like because a couple of years ago i really was focused on embodying self-love and so i brought in a lot of like rose quartz and pink and like was buying a lot of kind of this colored clothing and i had gone through that process prior to meeting you and having the aura art done and so part of me was like i wonder if i somehow influenced my aura based on like specifically calling in these colors or if it just happened to be coincidental we'll never that's know that's a good point actually i do think that the way that i do the aura art is that it's the highest possible expression of you and you know sometimes like if i look at your chart it might feel a little foggy or dim in some areas because of transits happening, but that's not like you, like the aura art is a reflection of the highest potential. And I think 
you probably just pushed your Taurus ascendant and your Taurus moon button a little more when you were going through that period. And it is like truly who you are at the core. Mm. And I probably would have picked up on that in your chart and been like, oh, this is like, this is a direction for you. Because sometimes people will be like, oh, I really love these colors, but I've never thought about this color. I'm like, it's there. Just give it some time to like activate. Mm. Again, we're pressing those buttons. We're activating here and there and all everywhere. (laughs) Love an activation. Love it. Well, KJ, this has been so much fun. I am so grateful for you for sharing all of these cool tools, this information, locational astrology, uh, the auras. I mean, all of it. I literally hope everybody runs, not walks to your calendar and books (laughs) a session with you because it is really a tool to help you become more of who you are and understand yourself in a, in a different way through a different lens. And that's what we're all about. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Where guys. can people connect with you? What else do you have going on? Like give us the rundown. So I'm very active on Instagram, maybe a little too much. Uh, you can find me at kj.atlas and it is my <laughs> one and only profile and I don't send DMs asking you to have a reading, dear beloved. You can only book readings through my website, (laughs) kjatlas.com. And I absolutely would love to work with anyone listening. And I also have a podcast that is about love and astrology with my friend Hypo. It's called Love and Stardust. And we started it around the same time that you started this show. So I think there's good energy in that. And we do celebrity love with astrology and tarot and behavioral psychology to make your life more romantic and full of love. And for anyone listening, I do want to offer 10% off of everything that I have. My RR prints, bundles with um, readings, all of my readings, astrocartography, locational astrology, and uh, individual sessions for 10% off with the code MORPOD. And if you have any struggles with that, because we're still getting out of this Mercury retrograde window, you can email me at kj at kjatlas.com. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for that offer. Like I said, I'm going to continue to blast it to all of my friends, all my clients, all of our more pod listeners, because this is seriously so special. And I absolutely love Love and Stardust. I'm obsessed. Yes. Um, you and Haifa are such a vibe. And it's I it's like a variety show. Like I love how you <laughs> both bring so many aspects to it. And it's just such a fun way to kind of to your point again like looking at astrology through a different lens and it's focused on love and then haifa does her tarot thing and it is so cool i feel like we need to do like a podcast collab like a more pod meets love and stardust that will be our next um that'll be our next thing yeah so fun like under the umbrella of like romance your life yeah we, I need to romance my life. <laughs> I think you guys do with everything you talk about, you know? Thank you. All of it. I love it. And thank you guys so much for having me because you're amazing and I love this show. So thank you. It's an honor. 
Thanks, KJ. Love you. Oh, love you too. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate and review us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and tune in every Wednesday to hear the things that make us more us and discover a thing or two to make you more you. Bye. Bye.